0: Uh, Last week was just incredible. Who was here last week? Come on, if you were here, if you were here, you knew it, okay? Uh, It was was a great start to our new series called Deeper, and, and I wanted to just go straight from worship right into this message because I really feel like that God has something specifically for you and for me today. How many of you have ever read a scripture before? And you maybe read it, you know, a dozen times, 50 times, a hundred times. You might've read the scripture a hundred times and yet you read it again and it just pops out at you differently than it ever has. You know what I'm talking about? I, that's happened to me so many times in my life. And you know what? This message that I have for you today is a direct result of that happening to me this last week. It, it, It's a passage that I'm so familiar with that to be honest, sometimes I just kind of read through it and I'm like, yeah, 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 I already know. I already know about this one, right? You know what I'm talking about? You think that you just know everything there is to know about a passage of scripture. And then sometimes you realize, oh, wow, I don't know anything about this. (laughs) I had to go so much deeper in this than I thought. And the passage that we have today, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you what it is. Uh, We're not gonna have any slides today and there's only one passage of scripture. So what I want you to do is I want everyone to get out your phone. Yes, it's okay, I promise. Get out your phone in church, yes. we are. It's 2022 now, guys. It's okay, you can do that. If this was 1995, it might be like, well, are you really paying attention? No, 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 listen, get out your phone, all right? And what I want you to do is if you have a Bible app, go ahead and get to Matthew 14. Matthew 14, 22 through 33. If you don't have the Bible app on your phone or if you have a paper Bible, please turn to there right now. If you don't have a Bible app, I'd highly encourage you to get one, okay? The one that I uh, love the most and that's most widely used is called the YouVersion Bible app. It's from a church called Life Church. They have incredible media and resources to help people follow Jesus. And it's just a great app. I use it all the time. Uh, They can, can even read it to you when you're driving, which I absolutely love that. It's one of my favorite features. So we're gonna be on our phones today reading this. I got my iPad here. And I just wanna read this passage And then I'm gonna just break down some things that I feel like the Lord was telling me this week that I had never even seen before. Some things that we might already know mixed in with a little bit of, wow, I don't think I've seen that before. Maybe you have. And maybe you're just a little bit more in tune with the Holy Spirit than I am. You know what I'm saying? So we'll find out, okay? Uh, Matthew 14, 22 through 33. It says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. They had just uh, been at the feeding of the 5,000, okay? So this is the the setting right here. Jesus had just fed all these people, just an absolute, incredible miracle. So Jesus says, hey, disciples, go out, go ahead and get in the boat and go, I'm gonna dismiss these people, you guys go ahead of me. Verse 23, after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Yes, you read that right, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost, it's Casper. We're trying to figure out what's going on here. They cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. That's one of Jesus' number one things that he says throughout scripture. You know how many times Jesus had to tell people not to be afraid? So many times, but I'm gonna be honest, if I saw some dude walking on the water next to my boat, I would be a little terrified as well. So I'm right there with the disciples today. He said, don't be afraid. Verse 28, Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. and Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Wow. I think after that experience, it's probably what I would do too, right? (laughs) I would be doing the same thing, okay? And, And listen, I read this passage so many times in my life, and I just really feel like the Lord has some fresh revelation, some fresh things that maybe we could think about and consider when it comes to this passage. And like I said before, the setting of this, right, Jesus sends out the disciples, says, hey, y'all go ahead and get on the boat. I'm gonna stay here, hang out with a few more people, kind of like tie up some loose ends, make sure everybody's good, I'm gonna send them home, and then I'll meet up with you guys later. So they're going out, and Jesus had just done this amazing miracle, and he sends everybody home, and then what he does is he goes up on to the mountainside, and he says, I'm gonna take some time and pray. I'm gonna take some time to connect with my Father in heaven. Uh, I was talking to one of our RAD team members this morning. Shout out to the RAD team. Can y'all give it up for everybody that's on the RAD team (laughs) that serves and helps? It makes this an amazing place uh, for us every single Sunday. If you're not on the RAD team, get on the RAD team. It's the best team, amen? Come on. Uh, But he said he's got some midterms coming up, and he's like, Pastor, I... I don't think I can help with the teardown today. I got some midterms are really difficult. Can, do you mind if I leave right after service today? And I said, no, you will stay and you will work. I'm just kidding, no. I said, you can get out of here, man. It's all good. I understand stuff happens. You know, it's difficult tests. We were talking about it. And uh, have you ever walked into a test before though and, and you just never studied for it? You just walked in and you never studied for that test? That's not gonna be a good day for you, Right? Remember that weight we were talking about earlier? <laughs> you're about to feel that weight. You're sitting in that desk and you're just like, oh Lord Jesus, like your hands shaking. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Uh, maybe you never studied for that or maybe you've gone into an interview before and, and you didn't you didn't study the company. You didn't know anything about the company and start asking you questions or maybe you didn't prepare good enough questions and you can just kind of tell this is not going... Very well, this is not really what I wanted. I didn't study for this interview or, or maybe you try to run a marathon, uh, but you didn't do any training. I don't know if you're crazy enough to try that. I would never, ever in, in a million years try that. I can't even do a 5K barely. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm not even trying to go run 26 miles or whatever it is. Uh, I, I run one mile and I'm out of breath, praise God, okay? So, um, But that would just be absolutely dumb. That would not be something that you would want to try to do. And my first point, if you're taking notes today, I'm not gonna have them on the screen, so I encourage you on your phone or if you're writing down, the first thing I wanna encourage us with is you need to pray before you walk. Pray before you walk. Prayer is preparation. You can write that in parentheses right next to it because prayer is preparation. And, and let me encourage you with this today is that time alone with God makes the storms of life seem like nothing, right? Right? Time alone with God makes the storms of life so much easier to handle. And this is what Jesus does, he models this for us. He had just fed the 5,000, He had just done this amazing miracle. And what he does is he goes up on the side of the mountain and says, I need to get alone with God right now. I need to get alone. I need to pray. And then he steps out. He sees the boat afar. It actually says that Jesus sees them out there just rowing away, just, gosh, Jesus, we're here. He would fix this, right? They're just rowing. The wind is beating against the boat. They're not able to make it to the other side. And then it says, Jesus, just, just casually walking, just chilling, just walking on the water, walking on the waves, And let me encourage you today that many people want the miracle in their life of walking on the storms of their life and walking on the water. And they want the miracle of walking on the water without committing to the prayer on the mountaintop. You want to have an amazing miracle in your life. You want God to show up and you want to do all this. You want to be able to conquer the storms in your life. But listen, you're not committed to the time in prayer on the mountaintop. And that was vital to Jesus' success. It, the Bible says everything that he did, he did because the father told him to do it. He said, the son of man can do nothing, but I only do what the father tells me to do. And so what is Jesus modeling for us? He's modeling what it looks like to get alone with God, get direction to be refilled with power and authority because Jesus had just been given, right? He's been giving out food. He'd been giving out miracles left and right. He's been giving out all this spiritual power and all this stuff. And you gotta think he's probably exhausted. And you know what? Prayer is actually the thing that will help to refill you. Prayer is the thing that will help you to get back and to be able to do more. It actually refills you with the power and authority when you connect with God and you find out what he's doing and you get direction from the Lord. It's going to help you to walk on water, whatever that looks like in your life. Prayer is powerful. Somebody say powerful. You got to fill up your tank. You got to fill it up. Now I know Many of our tanks right now are not full because gas prices are crazy, okay? So you're trying to run on E for as long as possible because you don't wanna put 75 bucks, 100 bucks into your Tahoe, okay? I get it. I understand we're in Texas. Everybody got a truck around here. It's difficult, okay? It's a gas guzzling society we live in down here in Texas. But um, I understand you might be running on E and seeing how long you can get away with that. But listen, in your spiritual walk with God, you're trying to run on E and you're trying to get from point A to point B. You feel like this is where God is telling me to go. This is the place that I need to get to. And you have about 10, 15% of your gas tank full. What are you gonna do? You're gonna run out of fuel on the highway and then it's gonna be real difficult for you. You're gonna have to call on Jesus and say, Jesus, save me. And he's gonna have to come down and save you and call AAA or GEICO. You know what I'm talking about? That's not what we wanna do. So what's your other option? If you're running on E, what do you do? You get off and you go by yourself, get away from everybody else on the highway and you go refill at the pump. And this is what Jesus did. He was on the highway. He was doing miracles, doing amazing things. He said, listen up guys, I need to take some time to refill myself, to refresh myself. And so he gets off the highway and goes and refills his spiritual tank, which is with the father. Prayer is powerful. Jesus was prayed up. And so he moonwalked across that water. I believe it. He this dude just like going like, hey, what's up disciples? How y'all doing? Like, this is easy for him because he's prayed up. Prayer is powerful. And Jesus understood that he needed to pray before he walked. Now, this is really, that, that might be something that you might've known, but this is really where it starts to get crazy, okay? I was on the phone with Jeff and Michelle the other day because when I first found this out and when I first saw this, it was like, how have I never seen this before? When you read this story and you've thought of this story in the past, like Peter walking on the water, Jesus walking on the water, That's so cool. It was like Jesus, you know, he's testing Peter's faith and then he falls, but he catches him and he's like, oh, you didn't have enough faith. Why did you doubt? And you're like, oh, this is a crazy test of of that guy's faith. And I read this over and over again and I saw something that I'd never seen before. And it's that it wasn't even Jesus's idea for him to walk on the water. Did you catch that? It wasn't Jesus's idea for Peter to get out of the boat. Let's go back. Let's go back and read it real quick. It's a ghost that cried out in fear. Verse 27, it is I. Verse 28, here we go. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And then Jesus says, come. Now, if I saw what I thought was a ghost out on the water and I'm thinking, maybe it's Jesus. Maybe it's something else. I don't know what this is. My first thought is not gonna be, Let me just hop out and go check that out real quick, guys. I'll be right back. Hold on one second, 11. I'm gonna get out and go see what's going on out here. That's not gonna be my first thought. And yet, Peter, the first thing that he does is says, Lord, if it's you, why don't you you just tell me to get out of this boat and I'll come walk on the water with you. That would not be the first thing that I think of, right? I mean, are you with me here? That's not the first thing I would think. And so I started thinking to myself, why in the world would Peter suggest that? It was his idea to get out of the boat. Why in the world would he think that's the first thing to do? Uh, It seems a little kind of crazy, to be honest. And I have three things that I think may have been the reason why Peter decided to get out of the boat. And I'm gonna tell you all three of them today. The first one that I kind of thought of is, this isn't the first time that they've been in a storm. This isn't the first time. Last week, if you remember, we talked about the first time that that the, the disciples were in a storm. Jesus was actually already in the boat with them but it says he was asleep. He's chilling. He's got his my pillow or whatever it is. He's got a Tempurpedic pillow chilling there, and he's real comfy. Okay, uh, and he's sleeping. And the disciples are in this storm, and they wake him up. And they're shaking him a little bit. And Jesus, don't you care if we die? We're about to die right now. Water's coming in. The waves are tipping this over. We're going like this. And Jesus is just straight chilling. He's snoring over there. He is totally comfortable. He's fine. And then Jesus kind of wakes up, wipes his eyes off. Basically, this is what I'm thinking. And he's like, guys, what are you doing? Peace, be still. And he just kind of looks out at the storm like, ah, stop, all right? And then the disciples are, oh my goodness. even He commands even the wind and the waves. This is amazing. This is incredible. That's the first time they were in a storm with Jesus. He was on the boat. So now you gotta think, this is the second time they've been in a storm and then they see what they believe to be Jesus out on the water And Peter, what we know about him is that he was kind of the leader of the pack, right? Peter was a a leader. He was not just somebody that was in the back. I mean, Jesus, you know, time after time, we see Jesus pulling Peter aside. He had the 12, but he had the three and then the one. And really Peter was the one that he entrusted so, so much of the church to after he was gone. And so you have to think, Peter understands a little bit more. And they had just come off the feeding of the 5,000, this amazing miracle, and they see Jesus out there and Peter sees him and he says, hey, hold on, hold on a second, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We've been in this situation before. And the last time we were in this situation, Jesus said we didn't have any faith. The last time we were here, he didn't have any trouble calming the wind and the waves. And he said, we didn't have no, no faith at all. So you know what? I, I'm gonna get out of this boat. And what I think Peter was starting to understand is not just who Jesus was and understanding that he was the son of God. Maybe he was a little bit farther ahead than the other disciples in his knowledge and understanding of who Jesus was. But I don't think it was just that he understood who Jesus was, but he was starting to understand who he was himself. That Jesus actually said, why are you guys afraid? What's the problem here? Peace be still. And now the second time they find themselves in a storm, Peter is learning. He's understanding. Okay, listen, I have authority over this. The same way that Jesus does, you know what? And and so I'm I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna go meet him on the water. And really it wasn't Jesus testing Peter's faith. This is the second thing that I think maybe was a reason why Peter got out of the boat is that Peter was testing his own faith. Peter was testing himself to see what would happen because he understood this is the second time I've been in this situation. I'm not gonna have Jesus say, you have little faith again. I'm gonna get out of this boat, right? I'm gonna go out to him. I'm gonna test my own faith. And, and if I could submit this to you today, faith is actually spelled R-I-S-K, somebody say risk. risk. Faith is spelled risk. We see this in scripture so many times when if God does not show up, this person is dead meat, okay? is the number one time that I see that I think is absolutely incredible. The most swag you will ever find in the Bible, ever is Elijah on the mountaintop with the prophets of Baal. That dude had so much swag and confidence in the Lord. It is incredible. What happens in that story, if you don't know it, is uh, the prophets of Baal, it says there's 450 of them, possibly even more. And they go up and they're challenging Elijah and they're saying, you know what? The, the one God that you say that you serve, no, 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 he's not the one. We serve Baal. And Elijah's like, you guys are crazy. you don't even know what you're talking about. How about this? And they set up this little wager. They say, we're gonna go up to the top of this mountain Put a sacrifice. You guys, he says, you guys try first, all right? You guys try first to see if your God can call down fire from heaven and consume the sacrifice. Then I'll go and whichever one, you know, whichever God answers, that's the real God, okay? So the prophets of Baal are going, they're jumping around, they're hooting and hollering. It says they're they're cutting themselves, they're like doing all this stuff with their clothing and everything. They're doing all these rituals to try to call on this God that they believe that they serve and nothing happens. And then you know what? It's Elijah's turn now. What does he do? He says, y'all give me some buckets, bring me some water. This dude starts pouring water all over the sacrifice, just just dumping water on it, doesn't even care because he is so confident that God is going to show up. And you know what happens? He prays a very simple prayer and then bam, it is completely consumed and all the prophets of Baal end up getting slaughtered at the bottom of the mountain, which they are just absolutely like, you got to imagine what they're thinking at this point. But here's the deal. If God didn't show up in that moment, Elijah was toast. He was toast, and yet he had so much faith in God, so much faith that he would show up, so much faith that he said, you know what? I will wager you, but on top of that, I will pour water on this thing because I know my God is going to show up. Do we have the confidence to know that God is gonna show up when you're going through something in your life? Do you have that confidence? When's the last time that you took a risk for God? When's the last time that you stepped out in faith and did something maybe that was different or uncomfortable, took a risk for the Lord? And I believe that this is a very important thing for us to understand. Look through scripture and see the times when these people took risks for God. It was all throughout scripture. And I believe that God calls us to step out in faith into the uncomfortable and take a risk for God sometimes. We'll talk about that more in a little bit, but I wanna get to the third reason why I think Peter might've jumped out of the boat. I think they may, sometimes the simplest answer is the best answer, right? The simplest answer is the right one. You know, when you're in a multiple choice, test. And it's like, I'm pretty sure it's this one. But then you start second guessing yourself and then you pick another one thinking you're cute. You know what I'm saying? Like that probably was a trick question. No, I mean, it was two plus two is four. Like you were right. That is the correct answer. You know, like stop trying to make it weirder than it is. And so I think maybe the simplest answer is that Peter saw Jesus walking on the water and he said, that's cool. I want to do that. Right? That's cool. I wanna do that too, right? We said he's starting to understand who he is and understand his authority in and, and Jesus. He understands who Jesus is now. And he's thinking, okay, if the Lord does call me and I know that it's him, then I wanna do the same thing that he's doing. We know that Peter was kind of an overzealous dude, right? I mean, like he's the leader. He's the guy that's at the front of the pack. He's that type A or type one personality. The dude is just at the front of everything, okay? And he wants to do what Jesus is doing. That looks pretty cool. I would wanna do that too. If I saw Jesus walking on the water and he said, why don't you come on out? I'd be like, That's a little weird, but all right, let's do this, you know? But do you wanna do what Jesus is doing? That's the question I have for you. Do you wanna do what Jesus is doing? Or do you wanna stay in the boat? Because 11 of them stayed and only one of them jumped out. And Jesus, I think sometimes God is looking for some people that will initiate, that won't wait to be told what to do, but will initiate something that they know is good and that will advance the kingdom of God. I see so many people, they'll just sit around and they'll be waiting for a word from the Lord. Like, I don't know what I need to do. I, do I need to move here? Do I need to take this job? Do I need to date this person? Do I need to not date this person? Do I need to start this business or do I need not start the business? And then they go through all this stuff and it actually ends up paralyzing them to inaction. But instead, sometimes what I think that God would honor more than anything else is just step out and just do something for God. Just step out and do it. If you want to start a business, start the business and honor God in it. I guarantee you, he's not going to be upset at you, right? Step out and pray for somebody that you've never prayed before. You feel the Holy Spirit leading you to pray for somebody. Just go do it, right? I mean, like you don't have to wait and have some clear confirmation. If it's something that is uh, biblical, if it's something that you know is, is in the realm of God's will, just go do it and let's see what God does, right? And that's what Peter does in this situation. He says, you know what? I'm gonna take initiative. And I think God in this house today is looking for somebody that's gonna have that Isaiah spirit, right? That says, here am I, send me, send me. Don't use anybody else. Don't use that guy. Don't use these other people and just have a little confidence, have a little swag about yourself. And the reason is, is because it's not you that's doing anything. It's the confidence that comes from God and knowing that God wants to work through you, right? So have that swag and confidence to say, hey, I wanna be used by God. You know what? I don't need you to use anybody else listen, because I'm already here. God, once you do something through me, I wanna see what you can do in my life, in the kingdom of God and in my family, in my workplace, in the world around me, use me. And that's what Peter does. He steps out of the boat and he does something. He initiates for God. I think we need to ask ourselves the question, If Jesus is doing it, am I doing it? If Jesus is doing it, I'm gonna do it. And he wants it, then I want it. If Jesus speaks healing, I'm gonna speak healing. If Jesus can take authority over storms, then I can take authority over storms. And I believe that that's a little bit of what Peter was learning here, a little bit of what Peter was exhibiting for us. And so those are three things that I think maybe these are the reasons why Peter said that. Maybe there's something else. I'll ask Peter when I get there, okay? Um, But Jesus gave him one word. And I think this is a very important thing. We get caught in that paralyzed state sometimes when we're like, well, I don't wanna just, I don't wanna out, you know, overstep or anything like that. And I understand that. The Bible also says to wait on the Lord and you have to kind of weigh that. I get that. But Jesus gave him one word. What was the one word he gave him? Come. Now, I don't know about you, but put yourself in his shoes. He didn't give him any details. He didn't give him any directions, right? You gotta think, Peter's like, okay, I'm holding on to this boat because I'm about to die, all right? And you said to come out to you, am I am I jumping out of the boat? I mean, am I, am I able to jump and then like the buoyancy is gonna work? Is that how that works? Or do I, do I just kind of like climb down a rope and then get into the boat or get, get into the water? Or do I, am I supposed to just kind of like tap my foot three times, you know, put my feet together? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do I do? Is there any kind of directions or any more that you could give me and put some bones around this plan, Jesus? Cause I don't really wanna, I don't really wanna sink in the water cause it's not a normal thing for me to do. Um, but he doesn't give him any other directions. He gives him one word and it says, come. And let me tell you, sometimes in your life, Jesus and God's only gonna give you one word and that has to be enough. One word and that has to be enough for you. Many times, you're not gonna have details, only direction. Come on, can I get an amen? Sometimes you're only gonna have direction. You're not gonna get any details from God. And the reason is, is because you don't have to know. All you have is a direction and what is that direction? It is toward Jesus, right? He says, come, come towards me. Come to me, all who are weary. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. If you have a burden on your shoulders right now, would you come? If you need something from me, would you come toward me? And Jesus is calling you and me toward himself and yet we sit back and we're trying to figure everything out. How do I get there? Am I supposed to go this way? Am I supposed to go that way? Jesus is just saying, would you just just get over here? You know, I'm talking about parents with toddlers. Like, just get over here. Like, and they're like trying to figure things out. Like, what about my toy? And like, what about this? I'm like, no, just come here right now. Like, I just need you, okay? This is what Jesus is doing to us sometimes. We're trying to think of all these different things in our head. I need to get my water first. Like, you don't need that. Just come on. Like, we gotta go, you know? We got things to do. Y'all can tell I've had that conversation before, right? (laughs) Come on. I do have a three-year-old. I'm getting a little heated right now, okay? I had one word given to me in 2017. If you know the story, you know it. I'm not gonna spend too much time on it, but God gave me one word and that word was radical. Give me one word. And I was told I should plant a church. I said, y'all are crazy. No. And I was praying. And I felt like I had this word radical and I thought radical church, that sounds cool. A couple of days later, a lady grabs my hand out of the air, starts saying radical this, radical that, radical this. And I was just like, wow, Lord, like radical that. That is my word. And she actually said that. I don't know what this word, she got her. I love how she talks, Dee. Dee, she's amazing. Uh, She's an older woman from Oklahoma. She's got this accent and I love it. She's like, baby, I don't know what that word means, radical, but that is your word right there. That is your word, your word is radical. And I was like, oh, she is with authority, right? You know what I'm talking? Like she just said it right at me. And I knew in that moment that that was my word, And now from 2017 to 2022, the next five years of my life and hopefully the next five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years of my life will be marked by one word that God gave me. That was enough. I didn't know the direction. I didn't know how we were gonna get to where we're at today with all of you beautiful looking people sitting out in the crowd. Come on, give yourselves a hand because you just look good today. Come on. It's okay. You can clap for yourself. You're looking good, especially those of you with the merch on. It's $20 in the back. I'm just kidding anyway. (laughs) We're going deeper for $20. I'm just, (laughs) oh my goodness. (laughs) But I had one word and I based everything in my life off of that. That's a little scary, right? How are we gonna raise money for the church? Are we gonna start in a living room or are we gonna start and try to have 200 people here on opening Sunday? Are we, who do I need to talk to? I don't feel like I'm ready I need to go through training? What kind of training? Who am I gonna align myself with? What kind of church are we gonna be? What's the vision and the mission of our church? We talked about that a couple weeks ago, having a mission statement, having a vision statement. All these things are important, but how are we getting to the point when we launch the church? How do I get from point A to point B? And all I had was a word, radical. But I'll base my entire life off of it because one word from Jesus is enough, amen? I don't need directions. I just need, I don't need details. I just need the direction, and that direction is toward Jesus, that's it. So what's the one word that God might be speaking over you in your life? Is there a word that you have inside of you? Maybe it is just one word or maybe it's a sentence or maybe it's a feeling or an idea or something that God's given you, maybe to start a business or maybe to step out in faith and do something different. What is that for you? I want you to consider that as we go through the rest of this message today. And, but then I came to this point and just kind of thinking about this passage and, and asking the Lord, what does this mean? And, and he says, he catches Peter, right? So he steps out and he actually goes over to Jesus, which is amazing. He takes multiple steps over towards Jesus. And then he ends up looking around and it says, he, was, he sees the wind, which is interesting because you obviously can't see wind, but you have the waves that are coming up. And I don't really know how this works. I've always wondered that. Like, was he walking on top of the water? Or like, at what level was he walking on the water? Like, were the waves like hitting him in the face? Or like, you know, if if it was waves that they're about to die, there are probably some pretty big waves. I mean, is he just going under and like the water is like in his nose and that's why he takes his eyes off Jesus? Or what's going on here? I, I don't really understand that. I've always wondered, but you gotta, you know what we know is that he fell and Jesus catches him. And then he says, you of little faith, why did you doubt And I would be a little offended by that, if I'm gonna be honest, because I just got out of a boat and walked towards you, Jesus. Is that not enough? I am walking on water right now, Jesus. I don't know if you're seeing the same thing that I'm seeing, okay? I am out of the boat. No one else did it. You see the 11 in the boat? They're not cool. I'm the coolest, okay? I got out and walked on the water. And I would be a little offended by that. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? But then it got me thinking, how is that little faith? And then there's other times when Jesus said that people had great faith. In the Bible, in the New Testament specifically, there are two times when it says that Jesus was amazed. Two times that he was amazed. One, the first time was because of the complete lack of faith in his hometown of Nazareth. It says he couldn't even do any miracles there because there was just absolutely no faith. In his hometown, they just didn't accept him there because you gotta think they remember Jesus growing up as a little boy running around and now he's talking about the kingdom of God is here and they're like, ah, shut up, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta think old Uncle Joe or something, you know, it's just like, ah, don't listen to that guy. I remember when he was a little runt, you know? And so he was amazed that they had no faith at all. But then the second time was the exact opposite situation. So Jesus was amazed at the great faith from the centurion soldier, a centurion man. He comes up to Jesus, the story simply goes like this and walking along and he says, hey Jesus, I, I have a sick daughter back at home. Uh, would you heal her? And Jesus says, you know, should I come to your house and do that? And he said, no, 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 I'm, I'm a soldier, I'm a commander. Listen, I understand how this works. I tell people to go and they go. I say a word and they do whatever it is that I tell them to do. And, and I know that you have that same authority so you just say the word and I believe that she will be healed. And Jesus turns around you guys hearing this, dude? I have never, he said, I have never seen such great faith in all of Israel than by this stranger to Jesus. The disciples were probably offended by that too, right? Like, come on, Jesus, we walk with you every day. And he's like, no, man, this guy's got way more than you guys, especially you, Peter. Come on, Jesus, you know? (laughs) I've never seen such great faith in all of Israel. This is amazing. And I started to think, how is his faith so much greater than Peter who's walking on water? And Jesus, I honestly believe the Holy Spirit illuminated this to me, and is that some people will get out of the boat and take that big first step towards Jesus, but then you take your eyes off of him and then you fall, right? And Jesus says, hey, you had little faith. And little faith is better than no faith, right? But it says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? The centurion man says, would you just say the word and I believe that she's gonna be healed? And Jesus says, she's healed. Now what? What? Centurion man has to make the trip all the way home from where he's at and the whole time has to believe that she's healed. How many of you on the ride home from church today, you might have an amazing moment with God right now. You might be feeling the Holy Spirit in this place. You might last week, we just just incredible. Praying for people. We're here at the front, just praising, crying, worshiping Jesus. This is amazing. I feel like God is calling me to go deeper. This is going to be great. And on the way home, you have a fight with your spouse. It's all gone out the window, right? You know what I'm talking about? You immediately forget and, and you have all this faith and then you're just, and maybe a couple days later, something happens or, or you just get out of the hype of the goosebumps of the moment. And then you're just like, ah, you know, the fire just kind of leaves and And you just forget about it. And then maybe you go to the next Sunday or you go to the next conference or whatever it is and you get that spiritual high, but then it's gone. And what I believe is is that the centurion man had to believe the entire way home. And listen, they didn't have cars, guys. It could have been a long time before he made his way back to his daughter. And yet the whole time I believe that he's walking, man, I'm so grateful that my daughter is healed. I'm so grateful that I met Jesus and, And that he was able to do that for me. I already believe it's been done. I haven't seen it with my own eyes, but I already believe it. And the whole way he had to walk home, believing that his daughter was healed. And Peter gets out of the boat, which is amazing. That's a great first step. You come down to the altar, you're crying, you're giving your life to Jesus, whatever that is. But listen, there is power and faith over the long-term, people. You can have faith in a moment, and maybe that's easier. But having faith over the long-term is what Jesus calls great faith, great faith, is what we wanna have in the place today. I don't want you to trust God for a moment because here's the deal. Did the word that Jesus speak over the girl and the word that Jesus spoke over Peter when he said come, are either of those words faulty? No. Did the word that Jesus spoke to Peter, come, change? No, it did not. What changed? He took his eyes off of the one that spoke the word. He took his eyes off of it and he let fear start to fill him up. But the centurion man, I believe, all the way home had his eyes fixed upon Jesus, praising God for what he was doing. And he had faith the entire time. The word never changes. Let me encourage you today. If Jesus gives you a word and tells you something, if God speaks to your heart, whatever it is that he tells you, that word will not fail, amen? The word of God never fails. It never perishes. It remains. And sometimes I think we in our own, did I really hear that? Is that what God was really saying? Maybe maybe it wasn't. Maybe I just misheard. Listen, no, it was God. It was God. I promise, all right? If you believe it's God, it is the Lord and just go towards that. So the last thing I want to say today, as Pastor Tim comes back up, we're going to sing a little bit of that song that we did last week before we leave. You're going to float with faith but you'll fall with fear. You'll float with faith every time if you had a toddler before you try to teach them how to swim, what's the first thing you do? You try to lay them on their back and have them float on their back. It's kind of just a way to get them comfortable. We tried that with Oakland last year. Didn't go so well, okay? This is the year though. We're gonna teach this kid how to swim. This is it. I believe it in faith. Thank you, Jesus, okay? (laughs) But the first thing that they do is they're gonna be a little afraid. They're gonna be a little scared because why? I'm not supposed to float on water, okay? This is not a normal thing for me to do. And so... Fear enters when you take your eyes off of Jesus. And what I feel like God is doing for you and for me today is he's holding us in the water and he's saying, would you just look at me? Would you just trust me? Just trust me, I promise it's gonna be okay. Just like with my son, I say, son, I got my hand right on your back, okay? You're gonna be fine. I promise you can float on this water if you just have a little bit of faith and if you hold your breath, okay? (laughs) But just trust me, just keep your eyes on me. It's gonna be okay. And then slowly before you know it, you're taking your hand off and they didn't even realize that your hand was gone. And then you're backing up a little bit. See, you're doing it, you're doing it. But then what usually happens probably the first couple times is like they look and see that you're gone. Oh no, and then they just start going under and then you're there to catch them. You're there to catch them, don't worry. And that's what Jesus is gonna do with you as well. If you feel like you have a word from God and you want to go deeper with him, you feel like he's speaking to you in your life, but you're not sure what to do, would you just have a little bit of zeal for God today and say, I'm going to go initiate something for the Lord. I'm going to take ground for the kingdom of heaven. And you know what? If I fail, Jesus will be right there to pick me up and then I'll just keep on moving. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Don't worry about failing. And when you fail, just know that as long as you're moving towards Jesus, he's going to catch you. If you're moving the opposite way and you're going somewhere away from Jesus, he's not gonna be there to catch you, but as long as you're moving toward him, if you fall, his arm is there to pick you up. So be encouraged today. Don't be nervous, don't be fearful. Fear is the opposite of faith. We need to have some faith in the house of God today that if God speaks a word, that he's going to fulfill it. And he's calling some of you into an uncomfortable place right now. That's the problem is no one likes to be uncomfortable. You ever been in a hot car in the middle of summer? Come on now, that's uncomfortable. You can take off every single bit of clothing you have on and you're still gonna be sweaty and uncomfortable, I'll tell you. Have some pants that just kind of fit awkward. These are the tightest pants I own, guys. I need to get rid of these things, okay? It's just uncomfortable. I don't know why we wear them, you know? I like the trend that we're going now, we're going away from the tight stuff and now it's all like real loose again, you know? If you know fashion, you know what I'm talking about. Give me some of those pants. Give me the 70s pants, the real deflare, you know? I want those. Those are just comfortable, okay? You ever been in an awkward conversation? Kind of like this one, right? (laughs) It's just uncomfortable. Like, would you stop talking about the pants, Pastor? It's just weird. I've been in an awkward conversation, usually started by myself, um, carried on by myself and finished by myself. So it's uncomfortable. No one likes to be uncomfortable, okay? It's not something that we like, but sometimes God will call you into things that you're not comfortable with. He's gonna call you to do something different in your life. He's gonna call you to get out of the boat. Get out of your comfort zone. Let go of this thing that's holding you back. You think that this is the thing that's keeping you safe? Let me tell you, it's not. It's Jesus that's keeping you safe because when he enters into the situation, that's when the wind and the waves subside. That's when it stops. So you hold on to this and you're going like this, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. And you're just going all crazy and you're just like dealing with all this stuff and you're looking all around and Jesus is like, if you would just look at me, I'll help you. But he's gonna call you out into the uncomfortable sometimes. So you can stay in the boat and be comfortable or you could step out and step into your calling and your purpose. You decide. You wanna go deeper with the Lord? What does that look like for you though? Because not everybody should get out and hop. On. Are you supposed to go out today in the swimming pool and try to walk on water? Please don't, please don't. And don't tell him that Pastor Trevor told you to do it, okay? Because I did not say that like the record show live stream. I did not say that, okay? Because if Jesus isn't in the water, you ain't supposed to walk on it, okay? If he's not there, don't walk on it. (laughs) And so many times people are just like trying to walk on the water that Jesus never called you to walk on. Walk towards Jesus. Wherever he's at, that's the place that you need to walk. So what step of faith is God asking you to take today? Would everybody stand in this place? That's the question I really have for you. What step of faith are you gonna take to get deeper with the Lord? What step of faith are you gonna take with your family? What step of faith are you gonna take with your business, with your work, with your finances? What step of faith are you gonna take in a relationship or to do something for yourself? How are you gonna move past this hurt? Maybe God's calling you to forgive somebody today. You say, well, I hold on to that unforgiveness and I feel safe because of that. No, get out of the boat and forgive that person Well, I'll be vulnerable if I do that. No, no, no. Jesus is with you to comfort you. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. Unforgiveness is not your comforter. Does that make sense? What step of faith is God asking you to take? Because that step might be different for each and every one of us. And don't be afraid. That's the last thing. You have to hold onto those words of Jesus. It is, I do not be afraid. That's how Peter knew that he could get out of the boat. When Jesus said, hey, it's me, you recognize me, you recognize my voice, you can come out of the water, I promise, it's okay. You're not gonna understand every step of the way, but I encourage you to be more like the one, be more like Peter than being like the 11 and have that spirit within you, that tenacity to say, God, use me. The 11 won't do it, but I will. No one ever changed the world without great faith. And if that's you and you wanna do something big for God, even if it's just in your own family and your circle of influence, right? It doesn't have to be you start some huge nonprofit, you know, and just like plant trees all around the world. You don't have, I don't know what it is for you, but whatever it is in your circle of influence, you can change the dynamic of your family by having faith in Jesus. You know what, God, my son and my daughter, they're far from God right now but I have faith that you're gonna bring them close to you, God. So I'm interceding for them, I'm praying for them. God, would you do something in their hearts, Lord? You pray that prayer every day and you pray that prayer in faith, God will do something and you have to believe and have faith that he's gonna do something in your family, amen? I've been struggling with this addiction, I've been struggling with the same sin over and over and over again, but God, I know that you have authority over every storm and the word says that you've given us authority over these things and so I'm stepping out of the boat and I'm coming towards you and and I'm gonna say, God, will you help me in this? I'm gonna be on the mountain. I'm gonna be on the mountaintop. I'm praying right now. God, would you give me power? Would you give me authority? Would you refill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can walk on top of this water so I can conquer this thing I've been dealing with over and over and over again? Jesus, I thank you that it's already been done and then believe it. Then believe it and keep on believing it. That's where we fail usually. Be more like the centurion and have faith on the way home. Amen? Would you bow your heads today? I wanted to sing this song maybe, but for the sake of time, I simply just wanna pray and ask if there's somebody in here that needs to take a step of faith, whatever that looks like. And the biggest step of faith that you can take, the, the biggest thing that you'll ever do in your life is taking that step towards Jesus for the first time. Taking that initial step of turning. The Bible says we repent, we turn away from our sin. Turn away from our sin and then we face Jesus. That's what repentance is. Taking that first step toward God. You might not understand what that looks like yet. You might not have all the details. But let me tell you, that direction is the best direction that you could take. If you've been trying to do it on your own, it's never gonna be, it's never gonna be as good as if you turn and walk towards Jesus. If you fall, it's okay, there's grace. That's what we talked about earlier, he'll, he'll catch you. But you just keep getting up, moving closer to him. Get up, move closer to him. So I just wanna ask if there's anybody in this place today say, hey, you know what, pastor? I need to give my life to Jesus here in this place. Right now, I'm done living my own way. I need to give my life to him or maybe You've gone away from Jesus. You've gone away from him. And you say, I just wanna rededicate my life to him right now. I wanna go deeper with the Lord. I I don't know what that looks like yet, but I do know that I wanna take a step. I wanna turn away and step toward him again. Is there anybody in the place today that would say, hey, that's me. I believe that Jesus died for me. I just wanna say right now in front of everybody with every head bowed, every eye closed, it's just me and you. If if that's you, would you just raise your hand? I just wanna see you real quick. I wanna give my life to Jesus in this place today. Is there anybody today that wants to do that? Amen. Now, what I want you to do is if you wanna take a step of faith, you believe that God is calling you to do something, but you've been afraid to do it. You haven't stepped out because you're nervous. He's given you a word and maybe you've let that word die. You've let that dream die. You wanna go deeper with the Lord today. If this message has impacted you and you wanna make a commitment today to do something about it, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? I wanna see you. You have a word in your heart. You have a word in your spirit. I see a few of y'all today. Come on. Keep your hands up, keep your hands up. Amen, amen. This is just you and God making a declaration. Say, hey, I'm going after this. Amen, amen. Would you pray this prayer with me today? Jesus, thank you for catching me when I fall. I believe that you're calling me out on the water into the uncomfortable. But I wanna do great things for you. God, would you bless my family? Would you bless my job? Would you use me to bless people around me? God, I give you my life today. I declare you as king, as savior and Lord. I put you first in my life. And I'm going deeper with you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say amen in the house of God today. Would you give Jesus praise for the word he's spoken to us today? Well, thank you so much for being with us today. And I just wanna encourage you once again, if it is your first time, please fill out that card, drop it in the back. We wanna connect with you. It's very important to us to connect with you and help you to get uh, into the rad fam and be a part of what God is doing here. Hey, God bless you guys. Y'all have an amazing rest of your Sunday. Go get some food now, come on. Amen. <laughs>